Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Today, we're talking about 20.4 that just got released last night, and uh, you guys are going to love this. We got somebody on the show with us that actually knows what the hell they're doing besides me, which I clearly don't, and uh, is going to help us prep for this and, and prepare. Ben Jawalski from the uh, Instagram page, Wad Prep. Ben, how are you? I'm pumped to be here, and I'm honored that you consider me someone who knows what the hell they're doing. Well, comparatively, there was really no no other way to go. Uh, you know, everybody knows what a shit show my fitness is. So, hey, but you're not afraid to share it with everyone, and I think that's that's what's special. <laughs> well, let's jump in. Let's talk about it. So, uh, when we start by introducing you to the audience and letting people know what you do, so you run this page, Wide Prep. And you're on Instagram, Facebook, I'm sure the other medias as well. And you're helping mm-hmm. people uh, learn how to prep for wads. So, you know, give us kind of a rundown on what you do. Yeah, it's uh, it's shocking how uh, how relevant my name is to what I do. People always ask, what do you do? It's like, well, it's kind of it's kind of built in there. Uh, but pretty much uh, the way the reason wad prep exists is I try to help athletes who are not professional exercisers. So I'd say 80% of, of CrossFitters, there's a 20% or there's like the 15% that think they're professional. And then there's like maybe the 5% that actually kind of are. Um, and then the other, the other like 80% of us that just do CrossFit to stay in shape and also have fun while they're in the gym, uh, wad prep exists to help those athletes, uh, fall in love with the sport of CrossFit. So the way I help people fall in love with the sport of CrossFit is helping people get their first double under helping people get their first muscle up, helping people hit a PR on their snatch, basically like all of these various skills in CrossFit wad prep exists to help people kind of level up those skills. And the open is obviously the probably the most fun time of year for, for us at wad prep. Like our team just thrives on getting people excited and ready to hit these open workouts. And for people who try to like jump from scale to RX by hitting their first double under, you know, that that's like our bread and butter. We love it. Uh, and then also, Uh, I know you and I were talking before the call. One thing I always try to dedicate myself to both on Instagram and then YouTube is another one of our big channels is uh, we always are releasing scaled content. And we just think that's like a really underserved area. And then also master's content, which is an equally underserved area. So we we really try to focus on on, on athletes who are normal human beings that just want to have fun with CrossFit. I fall into both of those masters and scaled, although I'm, I'm not sure you could define normal as uh as one of those three but uh no it's exciting stuff and certainly helpful um i'm not sure anybody does get excited about the open workout so i don't i get nervous i get like that anxious poop you know yeah so excited has has i think dual meaning depending on who you are you know you can be like excited or maybe I guess nervous nervous excitement perhaps is is what we should call it but yeah like i mean the classic the, the, the pre-open wad nervous poop is, is a, I mean, it's like the proof's in the pudding, right? <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so well, let's talk about 20.4. So uh, the thing came out last night and I got the nerves, like almost as soon as they started running down the chipper, uh, I was freaking out a little, although I, I'm going to say on record, uh, assuming either of my coaches listen to this, that I called pistols, absolutely called it. And they said I was full of it. I'm like, we're going to get pistols this year. There's no way we're getting pistols are too hard to judge. I'm like, you're getting pistols. I, I was on your coach's side, man. I've been saying for the long, I mean, it's going to be a disaster, but Hey, what's the open without 
a shit show, right? Um, it's it's going to be a disaster. You'll see people submitting these crazy times. Like, honestly, even Ben Smith last night, and he's like, I mean, I love that dude. Um, he, he There's several pistols where he should have been no reps, where he's like, like you watch and you're like, all right, his left knee, that knee that he had surgery on, he like, he didn't hit depth a few times and they warned him and then he got better. But it was like, even if he's struggling to hit depth on some of them, there's going to be some bad submissions. That's for sure. Oh, you'll see so many of this. That's been a lot of fun this year. The amount of submissions. I wish they would uh, take these athletes, make them all submit like within a shorter time frame, So we'd get more videos to look at. Cause I think you'd see, you'd see a lot more of these, uh, probably more the games athlete wannabes, not the ones that actually go to the games that are missing reps consistently that think they have good reps, legitimately think they do and they don't, you know, and it, I think it'd be good for the community to be able to see that. And truthfully, it'd, it'd make them all better athletes. But. Oh, for sure. I mean, that accountability is huge. Uh, there was a, just a quick story. So back in the day, I used to kind of sort of almost be competitive in the mid Atlantic region. And I went, uh, on a team a couple times to, to the regionals, RIP regionals. And there was a guy, not, I don't remember his name and I'm not going to say it, but there was a guy who would almost always win the open in the mid Atlantic region. He'd be like top three. And then every single regional, he would be last place. So it's literally just like, and you watch him work out and you're like, what? Like, so it's just like, he would just blatantly lie and they wouldn't ask for submissions back then. They would just trust the affiliate. And then this guy would show up at regionals and just get stomped into the ground. Oh, dealing with a really bad injury. And it's just like, yeah, a mental injury. But. Yeah. Well, you know, those were the wild west days when you weren't submitting videos and YouTube wasn't really a thing. Um, I remember in, in, I think it was 2012, it was the year we had to do seven minutes of burpees. Ugh. And uh, Scott Pancheck was training at the gym I was at. That's how I met the Pancheks. And, and nobody knew who he was. He hadn't even, they hadn't even had regionals yet. And I think he did like, I want to say it was like 164, some ridiculous number, putting him like right in the top of the world. And in those days, all they had was, were the commentary threads under the post. And people were just going in one after the other, calling BS. No way you could do that many. You know, and of course, now I hear he is, you know, eight, nine years later, totally vindicated, been to the games every year since, been four, yeah. three times, you know, but. You know, and people those, are still probably called, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, probably, you know, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the video method. It's been fun watching some of them, you know, watch the guy yesterday doing double unders with no rope. That was fun. Uh, Hell yeah. It's been some, you know, I, I think I might make that my new strategy anytime double unders show up. But. So I actually suggest rather than doing with no rope, just cut the rope. So you have two ropes so that you'll get the click on the ground. You'll get the rope in your hand spinning. And then since you've cut the center, obviously you're not going to trip. And, and that's, that's a great tactic. Yeah. And you get the sound. You got to yeah. have that little wishing sound, you know, a whoosh okay. uh, when you're doing them for it to work. But yep. really far away, grainy video. I mean, that's a, a tried and true method. Damn, I might go to the games on this theory. <laughs> well, let's talk about 2012 or uh, 24. So uh, what are your initial thoughts when you heard it? So I was shocked that there was a 20 minute cap. So if this was like a if this was like a 14 minute workout, I'd say it's going to be a, a big burner meaning like we got to really kind of put the pedal to the metal, get as deep in as we can. Um, and then, you know, maybe hit a couple heavy reps, kind of like just rush through it almost when it's 20 minutes long. Um, and you could even see the guys, uh, in the announcement do it. This is a, this is a workout where you're just, as long as you're somewhat proficient. Um, and I say that very broadly, so somewhat proficient at the movements, 
you're going to run into either a barbell. If you're in the scale division, it's going to be a barbell. Uh, if you're in the RX division, it's going to be either the pistol or the barbell. And you're going to run into that and that's going to slow you down. So you basically run into a brick wall, probably somewhere around the 14 to 18 minute mark. And it's all about like, can you accumulate reps after that? And it doesn't matter how long it takes for you to get there. Um, for instance, like let's say someone can't do um, like for me, it's like, let's say someone can't do like the 275 pound cleanager. Okay. And they beat me by four minutes to the 275 pound cleanager. And then I can do like two reps. I beat them. Right. So it's like, it's all, you get to that, that wall. I mean, in the scale division, the, the barbell gets heavy. I have it pulled up right here. And it's like for, for, uh, let's see, where is it for the scaled guys? It's like one of the, those barbells is going to get heavy. And are you going to be able to move it? It doesn't matter whether you, whether you get there at 14 minutes or whether you get there at 18 minutes, you just need to get to that wall and be able to knock out some reps. So that's my initial take um, on this workout. It's like, it's not, you don't have to rush. You're not going to win the workout on the box jumps. Uh, many will try, but you literally don't need to go fast in the box jumps. You don't even need to go fast in the earlier barbells. They're just kind of like reps that are in the way of, of when you hit that, that kind of that, that wall that's going to limit you. Well, and this year they're allowing people to step up, which I, I've, anytime I've had the ability to step up, I do it because it's so much more efficient. It's only slightly slower. And in most cases, it's not slower at all once you start to tire, get tired. And this year, from what I understand, and I I'm always say this, we shoot videos as soon as I was up till four in the morning last night trying to edit this damn video release. But I always like try to release strategy right away. And one thing that, that shocked me while I was like studying the, the standards is since the step-ups are like a version of box jumps, there is no alternating standard. You don't have to do like left first, then right first. Like we did with uh, step-ups like last year with the dumbbell. We don't have to do that this year. So based on my understanding of the rules, you can literally like step up with the same leg every single time, which allows you to get into a rhythm that's honestly, especially if you're not like super short, it's just as fast as box jumps. Like we're talking, it might save you like five or six seconds per set to do box jumps. And you're going to be way more tired for those jerks overhead and the cleans. So yeah, step-ups are definitely a, a no brainer move. And even uh, one that a lot of people don't try because it's not as popular, but it's actually really fast is the step up, jump down method. So basically it's like you step up. So there's no explosiveness going up you lock out at the top of the box and then you just literally like bunny hop off the box and land on the ground. And it just, it makes the descent, which is I think the hardest part of the step up. It makes like the descent non-existent. You're just letting gravity do the work. So that's, that's a little, a tip that can help some people. And that, that I think is just as fast as box jumps, at least for me it is. Yeah. Saxon did that last year. And uh, the one that the one that had uh, the step ups or the box jumps and the, um, with the dumbbell, and he had the mm-hmm. dumbbell behind his neck and he would jump off with the dumbbell on his neck. I'm like, dude, are you insane? But that's terrifying. It's terrifying. But you know, he's also, you know, superhuman. So yeah. um, I'm excited that you can do the one leg step up. Cause I've done, I've done that when, you know, we're training and they'll go do, you know, you do 20 step ups. I'll do 10 on one leg and 10 on the other. And it is significantly faster, more efficient. And I don't feel like I get more tired. You know, I don't feel like I'm putting too much work on one leg to do that. Yeah. It's, and so it's the same standard um, for like all the scale division athletes out there and even masters um, RX uh, that are 55 plus, you have those med ball step-ups. And again, 
same standard from what I can. And I, I like almost expect them to update it because the pistols are alternating. And then the med ball step-ups are, are a scaled version of the pistols. So I assume there should be some sort of alternating rule in there, but in the standards, there's not. So just FYI, if you want to go as fast as humanly possible, just le- like if you step up with the left, step down with the left, and then that means you can always touch and go that right foot. And then when you switch, step up with the right, step down with the right first. So, so I'm stepping up with the right first. I then stand up at the top of the box and then I step down with the right. And then that allows you to just tap and go your opposite foot. A lot of people do this thing where they like shuffle their feet at the bottom or shuffle their feet at the top. You go so, so fast if you just stick with that touch and go. So left up, left down, and then you can tap and go that right foot Uh, or right up, right down. And you can tap and it just moves you so fast through these, these step ups. It'll be, it'll be crazy. Practice it before. And then once you get that rhythm, ingrained in your head it's uh it's pretty blazing fast well and so this year they're adding this med ball step up which is a new move and bluntly i've never done it i mean i've done plenty of weighted step up so it's not you know not like it'll be completely foreign but would you suggest holding the bar on the same leg you're stepping up with or on the opposite shoulder so i actually suggest neither um you mentioned saxon having the dumbbell like across his neck kind of across his back that's how i'm suggesting to hold this ball um, I was practicing last night, again, shooting some stuff for, for the scale division and the masters. And I personally like the ball, just like, and I think in my video, I said, you nestle it, you know, nestle it behind your neck. <laughs> I don't know why, why that, that, you know, particular word came to mind, but it's like, you kind of like look down and then just put the ball on your back and your, your hands are kind of there just acting as support. What I find is when you like, when you have the ball, like up on your shoulder, right shoulder or left shoulder it just like smokes your shoulders and then that's going to hurt you with the cleaning jerks it's just going to like fatigue the front rack and fatigue the overhead but if you just go like this with the ball behind you and all of the weight is supported by like your spine and your legs it just makes it so easy yeah see i wondered that that was my fear with holding on one arm or the other because i knew it would make those cleaning jerks harder and when you get to 185 you know i definitely want to have you know as much strength as i can get it into that because it's going to be a hard lift for me Yeah. And you're going to want to like switch. So like if your right arm gets tired and it's on your right shoulder, then at some point during the movement, you're going to like try switching to your left. The ball is probably going to fall off and then you'll get pissed and probably kick it across the gym. And there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. But literally, if you just pick up the ball, put it right behind your neck, you're going to feel balanced. You're like, it's going to feel better as you're doing the step ups. You can switch legs, no problem. And not worry about having to like roll the ball to the different shoulder. It's just, it's, it's way easier. So just put it on your back. That's what I'd say. I'm, I'm likely to get pissed and kick it across the gym anyway. So, <laughs> and it, it does help, uh, by the way, if you like, just like look down a little bit, right. Cause there's no standard of where you're looking. You just have to extend your hips and your knees. So if you just kind of look down, literally you just like create a shelf or if you're a hunchback and you got a shelf built in there, you just <laughs> slap it right on there. That would work out well for me. So what would you, what would you suggest then for the barbell work? I mean, in the scale division, and of course I'm looking at the men's, but you know, the weights, I guess are comparable on the women's side where it's, you know, starts at a really lightweight of 65 mm-hmm. and then goes to 95. I think 115, 135, 155, 185. Like my initial, my initial thought was, you know, to go relatively steady on the box and go hard at the barbell early on. Like I, it didn't seem like any of those weights are enough to jack my heart rate too much, but it, you know, I think you're going to need some breaks in there somewhere. Where would you suggest them? Yeah. So I'd suggest, um, 
So for the, for the RX division, I suggested like singles as soon as you get to a bar that's even moderately heavy for you. For me, I'm starting with 95. So I'm, I'm probably going to actually force myself to break that up into like two sets. I might do like eight, seven, just literally to get my heart rate down. And then as soon as I make it to the next bar, which I, I think is 135, I'm singles the whole way. So for the scale division, I'm looking at it right now. So like master's men, um, scaled, uh, master's 35, 39, it starts with 65, 95, 115, 135, 155. So the 65, even though I'm assuming that 15 unbroken is fine there, that is going to spike your heart rate a lot. And it's not necessarily going to help you with anything other than just kind of move you along more quickly. Assuming like, so that 185 for you is going to be the one that you want to get to and, and hopefully move some weight. Right. Okay. Um, so like I would, I would approach the 65 and the 95, try to hit them in two sets. And then 115, as long as your, your barbell isn't like crazy bouncy or anything like that, I'd start singles on 115 and then singles all the whole way. Okay. And one thing that really helps with the singles is like, if you force yourself to, to not, don't trust your brain, trust your breath. So like when I drop the barbell on, let's say 115, I'm going to take one deep breath and then put my hands back on the bar. So like you use your breath as, as the timing indicator, what you don't want to do is drop the bar and then be like, hi kitty. Um, what you don't want to do is drop the bar and then just be like, Hmm, at what point do I feel like I'm ready to pick this back up? Cause that's going to turn into just like this long, like 15 second ordeal where you're trying to convince yourself to put your hands back on the bar. But if you say, all right, at 115, I'm going to take one breath in between each rep at 135, I'm going to take three breaths in between each rep. At 155, I'm going to take five breaths in between each rep. Like it might seem slow in the beginning, but it actually makes you a lot faster. And it's something that like Matt Frazier, Rich Froning, a lot of like the high level athletes, they'll do it in these workouts. And you can see like they'll take a disciplined amount of breaths before they pick up the bar. Uh, so that's something that I would suggest just whenever that barbell starts to get annoyingly heavy, start dropping, doing singles, and then making sure that you're breathing us the same amount between each rep and it'll get you into a good rhythm. Yeah. See, I was trying to compare this one to, I think it was 19.2 last time that had, you know, kind of a similar rep scheme, similar barbell. It was uh, on the scale division. It was single unders. And if I'm remembering right, uh, knee raises mm -hmm. yep. so for RX, it would have been toes to bar and double unders. Uh, but the barbell weight was kind of the same and 185 sucked. And when I looked back on it, I felt like I didn't go hard enough early on. Um, like I did singles almost the whole way. So it, now that you've like, give me this breath technique, I'm thinking back going, well, maybe that was my malfunction, you know, breaks yeah. too long. Just, and you know. did 185 suck because it was just super duper heavy or did 185 suck? Cause you just don't feel like you had enough time there. Um, it sucked because at the time I was a bigger wuss than I am now. Um, I've worked on that lift since then. I mean, I wasn't as I feel like I'm more proficient at cleans now than I was then. Mm -hmm. uh, I got my heart rate up too high. I think that was part of my problem. Yeah. So that that's so like, because of that, and that was a huge issue in that workout was people would spike their heart rates like crazy. Yep. Um, and that's why I like this breath technique. Like you almost feel like you're moving too slow but it helps you keep, it regulates that heart rate. It keeps it down. And then you can just, you'll be able to move the weight because again, it's like, it's all about getting to that heavy bar. You don't want to get there so late that you don't have any time to move it. But at the same time, you don't want to get there so early and just be trashed because realistically all the time.
going to happen is you're just, you're already burnt out and you kind of, you know, use those bullets, so to speak. Right. Well, I'll certainly uh, use that technique tonight because I'd like to put in my best effort the first go around. I'd like to not have to redo this one if I can help it. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I, aren't you, don't you normally redo like four times? I, so I've redo, I've redone all three workouts. I don't do them four times. I'm not uh, insane. Um, but I've redone everyone. I was talking to Saxon about this the other day that, I, you know, at a minimum, I feel like I've learned something from each redo, Sure. which is, which is important to me. Like I, you know, I'm only redoing because of the stupid Instagram page. Um, <laughs> otherwise I have a real kind of one and done philosophy. Like I, you know, I know I'm not more fit because I got a better time the second time than I did the first time. Right. I just had a much better strategy. Yeah. And so the first two, I significantly improved my times. The third one, I didn't improve it at all. And, you know, so it's been a real learning lesson in all three of those workouts, particularly around this heart rate piece of, you know, the first one, I spiked my heart rate. I just kind of went at it as hard as I could. Yep. And, you know, about eight minutes in, I was praying for death, you know, and, and finished, you know, a good, you know, three minutes slower than I should have. Sure. And, um, you know, so that's, that's been, I think the biggest lesson of all for me is like really, you know, how to regulate my heart rate uh, on these like for, for this one, this, the lighter weight that I can move very quickly that you think, okay, well I can do 15 in a row at 65 pounds, but it's not worth it. Yep. You know, you find that out very, very quickly. Yep. I mean, even three sets of five, like just to force yourself because a lot, whenever you're holding onto the bar, you're not breathing. Uh, it's, it's like time under tension. You're going to, you're like tense. You're, you know, like barely squeaking out a few breaths. It's so much better. If you just, just put the bar down, take a nice, big breath or two, and then pick it back up. The four or five seconds that you sacrifice there uh, is going to help, help you at the end of the workout, be able to actually move that bar. So, yeah. So what other uh, suggest, suggestions do you have around uh, the lifts? So like I worry particularly around, um, you know, what the lifts might do for my lower back. I mean, you're talking about, you know, to your point, a lot of time under tension, a lot of clean and jerks, which for a lot of people like myself is a relatively inefficient movement. Like, you know, it's not, it's not exactly the same every time. Sure. And so I find, you know, particularly when I do high rep workouts like this, I start to get tight in my lower back. And so that's where I worry that I'm gonna get to 185 and, you know, feel like someone's hit me with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Honestly, I'd say a lot of that is just going to be carryover from the atrocity that was 20.3. Um, it's funny. This is the first one uh, of the open where I'm like, this one is super easy to redo, which I know isn't going to help you go one and done. Um, I'm, I've been one and done all open and I'll go one and done on this tonight, uh, just for my mental health. But this workout is actually really easy to redo because I don't think people will be too smoked. Um, with the, with the step-ups, like if we're doing step-ups and it, and we're like leaning forward a lot, then I guess it could fire up your lower back. So it's still left to be seen for that, but this workout, like with the barbell being light, and then we get to go overhead, like we're getting full extension. So we bend over, we pick the bar up to our shoulders, and then we go overhead with it. The, it's not as rapid of a buildup for your lower back as something like deadlifts where it's bend over, you bend over again, you bend over again, you bend over again. And then it just like really smokes that lower back. So I'd be surprised if this one causes too much lower back issues. If it, if like just the heavy barbell and like yanking it off the ground is what's struggling, then definitely like I'm, I'm suggesting a lot of people belt up for this. Like once the barbell gets heavy, just have a belt ready, put it on, you know, take that few seconds to, to slap it on 
do your reps. And then when you switch back to the um, step ups or box jumps or pistols or whatever you're doing, just either loosen it or take it back off. Um, it's not, not a huge deal, but what we don't want is we just don't want to crash and burn on the heavy bar. Like when we start getting really loose and, and start yanking the bar off the ground with bad form, that's when that lower back or core or upper back or whatever is going to start really getting annoyed. For the athletes that, um, that I've been making fun of that I keep saying shouldn't RX, but are going to anyway and have no prayer of getting past 225, what's your suggestion for them? Do you want them to apply the same technique where they're, you know, focus on the breathing and, or should they be going at this thinking, all right, you know, the time break is what's going to be the difference in their score. And so it really, it's no longer a 20 minute time cap to your point. It's probably a, I don't know how long it would take you to get to the 10 clean and jerks at 225, 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Is that what it's become for them? A 10 minute yeah. wide that they need to just, just try to hammer away at. That's a really good point. Um, so, I mean, if someone has no, I mean, it's a big jump. So 185 to 225, that jump was going to put a lot of people in the ground. If you know that you have zero prayer in picking up 225, then you got to, it's, it's a totally different workout. Exactly. Like you said, like you're basically sprinting into a brick wall and you want to move as quickly as possible. I'd still suggest like, honestly, like I still think singles are going to be faster for like the 135. Like, even if you're like, Hey, there's no way I can do 225, So I'm going to do big sets on the 135 bar. Still a bad idea. I actually beat, um, one of my coaches who works for wad prep. He's way more fit than I am. Uh, and we did, uh, what was it? We did grace the other day. Grace is 30 cleaning jerks at 135. And he did huge unbroken sets. He did like 17 and then, you know, whatever, finished it off. And I did singles the entire time from rep one to rep 30 singles. And I beat him by like 12 seconds and he's way more fit than me. Just singles are so much more efficient because you don't have to waste all of that energy going down where they become, where they become inefficient is when you have a light barbell and the bar bumps, bounces around, you know, all over the gym and, and hits things and knock, knocks things over and, and whatever. So if you can find non-bouncy plates and start using them at 95 pounds and up, then you're going to be in great shape and you can literally hit singles whenever you, you feel like it, as soon as that barbell gets a little bit heavy for the people who there's no prayer, there's no prayer. They're going to be five and they still want to RX Yeah, probably a bad idea to RX if you're getting smashed by 185. But if you know that, that, that limit, that brick wall is going to come well before the 20 minutes, then yeah, if you want to get your best score possible, you got to sprint, but sprinting does not equal huge unbroken sets necessarily singles actually still can be very fast. Are you dropping from the top on the oh, singles? Yes. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So there's no negative, not coming down on the shoulder no or something, negative. just straight from the top. You just, so you basically you need competition plates almost. Yeah. Competition plates are even like those. So not the high temp plates, but like rogue has the, you know, the, they're just the harder plastic plates and they just don't bounce as much. They're, they're zero bounce plates is what they're supposed to be called. And yeah, if you can get your hands on competition plates, that, that helps a lot. But literally, it's just like, you know, you clean, you jerk overhead. And then from here, I just drop it close to my body. It goes down to the ground. And especially if you're still feeling fresh, you can settle the barbell with your hands. It's just, it's so good not to have to control the bar and be tense as the bar's lowering to, ground, to the ground. You literally just drop it overhead. Even if it bounces uneven, you just take your hands and just kind of settle it and then put them back on the bar, pick it back up. It's it's just, it's so much more efficient. It's it's almost as if you're doing 
like 40% less work than everyone who's doing it, you know, with bigger sets of unbroken reps. And it just, it just, it, it, it I've done so many tests with singles on, on barbell stuff where it's like, I'm such a huge proponent on singles. It just, it's so much more efficient. See, I hate grace, but I kind of want to go try it now. I guess I'm technically, I'm kind of trying it tonight. Yeah. Um, if you, I'm telling you, if you do, I mean, this is a, a different version of grace, but if you do singles and I've, I've told this to a million people, it's like, I'll, I'll beat almost anyone with singles unless they can go all 30 unbroken or maybe two sets. Like if you can do like a set of maybe 20 and then shake it out and then do 10, then you're, you probably will beat me. But even my, my, my coach, CJ, who again is way more fit than I am. He's so much more fit than I am. He did. It was like 17 and then like five and then whatever he did it in three sets. And I beat him. I like handily beat him because I just kept moving, kept doing singles, kept, you know, just moving the bar. Another quick thing, like you reminded me of it is like, if the barbell isn't heavy yet, it's just like moderate. You should still be doing singles, but you don't have to like sit there and like set up your hands on the knurling for each rep. You don't have to like, you know, measure your thumb and measure your thumb. Like, all right, my hands are even and pick it up. Literally when the barbell's light, just bend over and grab it. If it's a little off balance, you, you really won't even notice. And it's not a huge deal. And then it, again, it'll save you a lot of time. Obviously when the bar gets heavy, maybe that 185, maybe the 155, depending on which division you're in, the barbell gets heavy. Then you can start making sure that your hands are in the right place. But again, in that, that moderate weight, a lot of times it doesn't even matter. So here, here's a weird question. Step ups and lifters and lifters. Yes or no. Yeah, no problem. I mean, especially if there's no impact, if there's, if you're jumping, if you're like landing from the top, like if you do the step up and jump down technique, then lifters will probably be annoying. And if you catch it wrong, you're going to have like, for me, I've done it in the past. I'll have like a shooting pain go up my spine because there's no like absorption. Um, but if you're doing step ups, yeah, lifters all day long, not okay. a problem. So we have uh, just a couple minutes left here. So what are one or two tips you would uh, give people to warm up for this workout? I am the worst warmer upper of all time and also the worst warmer upper coach of all time, which is why I have one of my other coaches make our warm up video each week. Um, but for me personally, I warm up pretty much the same way for every single workout. I start with like three minutes, three to four minutes of like monostructural moderate movement. So three or four minutes on an air bike, three or four minutes on a rower or three or four minutes of like air squats. Uh, I wouldn't do air squats for this one because you're going to get plenty of squatting. Um, you're going to get plenty of hinging, but just get your blood moving three or four minutes on the bike or the rower. And then after that, I'm going to pick up a barbell and I'm going to start practicing clean inch jerks. And I'm going to pick up, I'm going to get all my equipment ready and start working my way through, um, basically scaled down versions of what I'm going to try to get to in the workout. So since this is like an ascending ladder, I'll obviously, I'll probably start with the barbell loaded with nothing, do a few clean and jerk reps, like really feel where that barbell is hitting my hip pocket to make sure that I'm, you know, giving it as much you know, upward momentum as possible. I'm going to practice that transition from the power clean directly into the jerk. We don't want to waste too much time with the barbell on our shoulder. So I call it like that quick jerk that Ben Smith has made so famous. You catch it in your shoulders and then immediately up into that push jerk, things like that. I'm just practicing efficiency of that movement because honestly, for this workout, assuming you can get kind of deep into it, assuming that you're not going to hit your wall in five minutes. Um, like as long as you can get kind of deep into the workout, it sort of warms you up for you. Like you're not going to be too tired doing 
30 step ups, right? You do 30 step ups, it's actually a pretty good warm up. And then you do 15 of a light barbell, that's a pretty good warm up. So you actually, it's like one of these workouts where the warm up is sort of built in. And I'd, I'd, um, I'd compare it to the 20 minute AMRAP that we did for 20.2, right? Like I hardly warmed up for that because I knew that like the earlier rounds, as long as I paced myself and I like stay controlled, the earlier rounds are just going to help me build that engine up. And it's like a slow burn and it gets a little hotter. And then you just try to hold on at the end. That's kind of what this one's going to be like. Well, those are great tips, Ben. Uh, although I do think you're greatly underestimating my ability to get tired doing 30 step ups. But regardless, thanks for being on. I think this has been great tips for the followers of the page. Uh, they really in enjoy it. We'll, uh, we'll have you on as a regular contributor moving forward so we can continue to have these conversations. Thanks, everyone, for listening.